All right, and welcome to the Employment Law Show. John Scholes here. I will be your host alongside employment lawyer, co-founding partner, Sanfiru Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada, Lior Sanfiru. Listen, if you have questions about employment rights, this is your show. You've been terminated, laid off, wrongfully dismissed, harassed at work, experienced changes to your job, human rights issues, or... If it's a COVID vaccine mandate question, anything about the vaccine, going back to work, you can bring those questions to us. Want to warmly welcome all of our listeners in Alberta and BC to put a finer point on it, Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver. Good to have you along. I'm going to give you the toll-free number you can use right now as we get into the show, one 399 9898 Again, toll-free, one 399 9898 to call in now. Ask your questions. Don't be bashful. This a whole arena of law may be new to you, but working for a living probably isn't. So you're going to have questions. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca as well. Okay, Lior, lots to get through today on the show. Uh, some common employment law myths, but I know you want to uh, set the table a little nicely for this uh, first show with us uh, across uh, Alberta and BC as well. So take it away, pal. Good to talk to you. Always a pleasure, John. Really exciting to, to be here today to talk about employment law. I know for many of you, this is the first time you've heard us talk about the employment law. First time you've heard the show. Well, this show is for you. It's about you. It's about your rights. You know, employment law is unique because we all have jobs. So employment law impacts all of us. So if you have a job, a problem, a workplace issue, now is the time to call with your question. Maybe your boss gave you an ultimatum. Maybe you're worried about losing your job or you've lost your job. Maybe your job has changed, your hours have been changed, or your pay has been reduced. Whatever the issue, whatever the problem, I prom- promise you there are solutions. Employment law is actually quite good. Believe me when I tell you that's all I do. It is quite good, but a lot of people don't know what their rights are, and they assume because of that that they don't have rights. That's why this show exists, to tell you about the rights you didn't even know you had. So call us right now. Let's have a chat about your workplace uh, rights. And of course, throughout the show, we'll give you the second option, which is to contact me directly in the office anytime to talk privately off air. So look uh, look for that, my phone number and email address you'll get throughout the show. But John, as you know, and our regular listeners know, every show I like to start off with a couple situations that came across my desk as we uh, wait for our first callers. So first situation I'll tell you about, uh, John, not going to surprise you, involved, of course, mandatory vaccines. Uh, we've spoken about this in the past, the, the idea that uh, a lot of employers have decided that they want to vaccinate uh, or have their employees be vaccinated. I got a call earlier this week from a gentleman. He was calling about his wife. She was a, a, a teacher in a private school, and she was told that she has to be vaccinated by a certain date or she will be out of a job. Now, uh, let's be very clear before I tell you what this all means, that this, what I'm saying is not about whether the vaccine is good or, or, or bad. It's not about whether I'm supporting vaccines or not. I actually mm-hmm. do support vaccines. It's about the law. Remember, the law doesn't care who I am, who you are. The law is the law. The law is neutral. So let me tell you what this means from a legal standpoint. If there's no government mandate, and in this uh, person's situation, there was no government mandate. If there's no government mandate, then an employer does actually, does not have the legal ability to impose a mandatory vaccine. Right. The employer is not allowed to say you have to be vaccinated or else. That potentially could be a human rights violation. Now, that said, 
if an employer decides to do that anyway and decides to let someone go if they have not been vaccinated, you can't stop that. You can't physically restrain your employer from letting you go. But there's going to be some consequences. There's going to be compensation that's going to be owed to the employee. So here's what I told this gentleman. His wife had worked for the same school for about six years. So I told him right off the bat, she's going to be owed about eight to nine months of severance. Beyond that, she could also be owed some human rights damages. And what I told them is she has to decide ultimately what is better for her. Is it better to keep her job and get vaccinated or not get vaccinated, lose her job, and then pursue compensation? So she's deciding that. But I know a lot of you right now are dealing with the same issue, these ultimatums, these deadlines. You have to make a decision because you cannot prevent your employer from letting you go if that's what they want. But you could be owed compensation, and severance could easily be as much as 24 months' pay. So if you lost your job, are suspended, put on a leave of absence without pay because of anything to do with the vaccine, give me a call. Let's talk about your legal rights. And by the way, anytime you want to call through to Lior outside of the hour of the show, no problem. 1 855 821 5900. And again, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here now, as you know, toll free, call in, ask some questions. 1-877-399-9898. What else you got going on, brother? I spoke with a, a gentleman who had uh, recently been uh, uh, being go- uh, called back to work. He was off for a little while. Mm. Uh, but when he was called back to work, he was told, well, uh, we only have uh, reduced hours for you. So he used to work a standard kind of, you know, 40 hour a week. And his employer said, you know, we're going to start you off with, with 20 hours a week for a while. And hopefully at some point we'll increase you to 30. But that's going to be the best that yeah. we can do so he he before he actually showed up to work you know you're supposed to be work on the monday he called me and he wanted to know what are my rights so here's the thing and you know for those of you that uh, haven't heard our show before you may be wondering the same thing an employer does not have the right to make significant changes to terms of employment if an employer does that it could result in what we call constructive dismissal constructive dismissal So what I told them is this, you can accept the change and continue working. The problem with that is you've given the company the right to do it again. That's what happens if you accept it. Or you can say, no, by changing my hours, by reducing my pay, you've terminated my employment. You've terminated my employment. You owe me compensation. You owe me severance. That's what he's going to do. He's decided that's what's best for him. He can't afford to make half of his income. He'd rather get his full severance for him. That's about, about a year's pay and look for another job. Same with you. If your job is changing, whether it's because of COVID or not, your hours have been reduced, your pay has been reduced, your shift has changed. Maybe you've been relocated, demoted. That term constructive dismissal should come to mind if that happens. Before you do anything, before you say yes or no to your employer, you have to give me a call. Again, welcoming all of our uh, listeners in Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver, of course. If you have any questions here for the remainder of the hour, use the number, 1-877-399-9890. I don't know, you know, Leo, a lot of people, for the first time hearing our show, this is going to open up their eyes completely to the ins and outs, the finer points of employment law. With, you know, They may not know so much stuff, which is why in a little while we're going to get into some of the, uh, some of the myths uh, when it comes to employment law as well. But as we echo on the show every week, top priority is the caller william thank you so much for hanging on how are you thank you thank you for taking my call i'm from surrey 
Yeah, my situation is kind of interesting. I got two questions, basically. The first is that, see, my question, my company is an international company headquartered in the United States. As you know, that uh, President Biden now required anybody, any company over 100 people to have a mandate for the vaccination. But will that kind of like impact us if the company has so-called this kind of vaccination policy? I don't know if it's going to be a company-wide or just the United States. You know that the difference over here. But if you apply it to us, would that be considered a government mandate, or is it still not yet? This is the first question. So, so question, William, you you work in in BC, William? Yes, I work in 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 for the Canadian branch of the company. So, I, what I can tell you that that U.S. laws or U.S. mandates have no application whatsoever to you. You're governed by the laws of BC. Uh, and because of that, because in BC, if there's no mandate that applies to you, your company is not obligated. There's no requirement that they have you vaccinated. And if they decide to do that anyway, as I was saying at the beginning of the show, that policy may well be illegal and would entitle you to compensation. Okay, that's a perfect answer. I'm really glad to hear that. The second question is part of the compensation for me is so-called restricted units. So this restricted unit is considered about maybe 20% of my total compensation. But it will not release until I serve a certain time of pure time. You know what I mean? So basically yes. they issue it on a yearly basis and then over the next four years, if I don't, if I don't, keep this particular job, then I kind of lose a portion of it. They release it partially every quarter. Now my question is that if they have this kind of kind of vaccination requirement then I'm being forced to quit my job, can I ask that part as part of my uh, kind of like compensation back? So if you, if you lose your job because of the vaccine issue, you're owed a certain amount of severance. Now, yes. how long have you, so let me tell you how it works with your, with your options. Uh, how long have you worked there? Oh, I work for. This is my tenth anniversary. So, it's a so let's time. let's say that you would be owed about twelve months of severance. What that means is any units that would become due, any any payment you would have be uh, due over the next twelve months, they'd have to pay you. Now, if you have a okay. payment that would be due in twenty months, no, that you wouldn't get that. But anything that they would be due, any payment, any units that would become yours. Uh, in the next 12 months, it would have to be included gotcha. as part of the compensation that they would owe you. Got you. So I'm basically, although the total compensation is supposed to be spread out into four years, but if the compensation I'm entitled to is next 12 months, then the 12 months of the four years I'm supposed to get it. But beyond that, probably not, uh, not exactly. able to get it. Yes, that, that is correct. Great. Yep. You bet. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show, live in Alberta, NBC, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. Everybody, welcome to the show, 1-877-399-9898. Toll free, that's the number to call in, ask your questions. For Lior, the co-founding partner, Samfiru Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively employment law firm across this country. How about that? Again, toll free, 1-877-399-9898. As promised, George, thanks for hanging on. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Beautiful. What's uh, what's on your mind, my friend? Well, I got a bit of a situation. I just need to, okay. you know, I'll give it to you, and you can decide from there. Um, it's in regards to my wife. She was working for a company and was harassed for a couple of years through her company. Um, even though she went through her HR department, they didn't do anything about it. So when she did take a stress leave and left the employment. Uh, 
they're now they and she was out of she was working out of two locations so he's still on the stress leave and is actually on a compensation claim and they're closing one of the two locations that she was responsible for and the other one she can't go back because that's where the person that was harassing her hit so really she's 63 years old she can't go back to the place where she was and they're closing the other place and i don't think they're trying to move her to another location I should have so, yeah, go ahead, George. Why should a person who was harassed at the place where she was for many, many years have to move because they decide they want to keep the harasser in place? They know this, and they're not doing anything about it. What's well, the this situation, believe it or not, George, unfortunately, is not an uncommon one. A lot of uh, times I've spoken with people with exactly that problem. They, they're being harassed. The harasser is still there. And how can I go back to work? And the reality is she doesn't. And, and they should have absolutely done something to ensure that she comes back to a, a harassment-free work environment. And no one can be blamed. Or your wife certainly can't be blamed for not wanting to go back to, to where that person is. Now, obviously, the devil's in the details. I would want to know more about what actually happened, how HR dealt with it, uh, you know, uh, how how the close proximity she may or may not have with the with the harasser. But ultimately, this may well be a constructive dismissal. In other words, by by creating this environment that it, it makes it difficult to go back, it's as if, in the eyes of the law, they've terminated your wife's employment which means she could choose to say, no, I'm not going back, but I'm not resigning. This is a termination, meaning you have to pay me severance. Now, how long has your wife uh, been there, George? 20 plus years. Wow. Well, she could easily be owed you know, up to two years pay, You know, probably anywhere from 22 to 24 months of pay. So that's a significant amount. Here's what I want, George. I want you to have your wife contact me at the office. We'll give you that contact information in just a sec. I want to talk okay. to her. I want to find out exactly what happened. I want to understand, you know, how HR dealt with this, if they did, what they know, and on that basis, we'll have a plan of action. Okay, that would be good. Thanks, George. Appreciate the call and to reach out as uh, Lior said, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred employmentlawyer.ca and then help at employmentlawyer.ca to reach out as well. But here now for the remainder of the show, as you know, toll free one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight is a way to get on air. Just like George, ask your questions. Jerry, you've been very patient. How are you? Good to have you on. Uh, thank you. Um, I am a professional software salesman. I work for a Canadian subsidiary of an American, big American software company, five years in. And uh, I've always made my, I'm commissioned. I have a base salary and a commission. Always made my numbers, my quota. Um, And they have just told me that they want to double my quota and give me a national sales territory, which means I have to be sitting on planes all the time. I have to sell twice as much as I previously did to make the same amount of money, and it's kind of take it or leave it. Well, here's the thing. This type of a situation is a constructive dismissal if there ever was one, because not only is your job changing, that's kind of easy, but your compensation is changing. The terms of your employment are changing in a significant way. So if there ever was a constructive dismissal, this is it. That means 
that uh, if you ultimately choose not to do this, uh, you would be owed severance and easily it would be north of six months pay based on your average earnings. Because I know you have a salary plus commissions. Here's what you do. You simply, I mean, unless you want to accept it, which of course is your right, I would simply tell them, no, I'm not doing it. At that point, they will have two choices. Either they back off and they leave you be, or they decide to let you go. Uh, they, they can do that, but they would have to pay you severance. The problem, uh, the problem with accepting this, beyond just the obvious, is if you accept this change in your, in your job, in your compensation structure, by accepting it, you've given them the right to do it again. So if you accept this now, and six months from now, they say, now we're doubling it again, you won't be able to do anything about it at that point. It won't be a okay. constructive dismissal because you let it happen that first time. So you have to let be me, very, very let careful me with that. Let yeah. me interject. It's a very yeah. common practice in, in my industry. You know, you get a quota, you got to sell so many million bucks a year, whatever the number is. You make your number, and they say, okay, next year we're up in your quota again. Now, have and they done this with you before? Every year. And they do it to, to the everybody. same extent. To the same extent. No, no, no. Never like double it on me. So obviously, but, I have some concerns it, it, that this is something that's happened before. But there's two things that you have going for you. Number one is you've said this is a very different change than the one they've made before. But number two, as you've explained to me, they're not just changing your quota; they're also changing your job. Now you're going to have to be doing a lot more travel, etc. So that's a, a different type of change. So that in itself can be a constructive dismissal. Uh, okay. All right. So, so before you, so given the fact again, as I was saying to a previous caller, the devil's in the details. I want to have a chat with you off air to exactly understand how your job is right now, how it's going to change, and, and to properly assess the amount of compensation that you'd be owed, just just so that you can make an informed decision. Yeah. Okay. I thanks. Thanks. Oh, sorry, Jerry. Appreciate that. I got to take another call, but I'm going to give you some uh, some reach out to information, a phone number. First of all, I've given it out so far, but I'll keep doing it for the remainder of the hour. one 855 to get a hold of Lior and his team and help at employmentlawyer.ca. But as mentioned, toll free, call in now, ask your questions, get the information. If the show is new to you, you've probably got a billion questions. At least get one answered right this hour. one 399 is a way to do that. Thank you, Abby, for standing by. How are you? Hi, good. Um, I was just wondering if it would still be illegal to make you get the vaccine if you work for, you know, how the governments are making people who work for them get the vaccine is that still illegal like because that's i mean that's kind of government mandated vaccine vaccination or would it have to be like an official cross the board uh law that everybody has to be vaccinated it, it would still be the same the same everything i said earlier would apply if you work for the for the government then then it would still be arguably illegal, a human rights violation in that situation. Now, are you part of a union? No. Okay, so that, that, that's good. So everything I said uh, applies to you. Uh, generally, what we talk about on the show does not really apply to unionized employees. It applies only to non-union employees. So okay. if you are put in a situation where you, you're given this ultimatum, uh, if you ultimately decide not to do the vaccine and if you lose your job, then yes, you would be owed compensation uh, and, like I said, not just severance, potentially other damages as well. Okay, thank you. 
Thank you, Abby. Appreciate that. Let me uh, try to get John in here quickly before we take a short break. Uh, John, we got about a minute, but if you got a question, we'll get to it. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty quick. My question is regarding the severance. I know some employers, uh, instead of offering, say, like 12-month severance, they might offer a 12-month notice. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering in that case, because if you end up just kind of looking for something else and leaving and it doesn't work out, you might end up leaving something on the table there. Is there any way to kind of push the severance instead of the notice? Sure. Uh, and it's something we do often. Employers are able to give advance notice instead of severance. Keep in mind, even when they give advance notice, oftentimes they don't give enough notice, which means they still owe some severance to the employee on, on the back end of that uh, notice. But in many cases, we're able to talk to the employer and negotiate a a clean early exit now with severance. Now, we can't force your employer, but we're often able to negotiate that because you're right. If you've uh, you've received notice of termination, if you leave before your last day, you're considered to have resigned, and then you don't get anything. All right, welcome back. Employment Law Show, toll-free, anytime, one 9898 To contact Lior Sanfiru, co-founding partners, Sanfiru, Tamarkin, LLP, 1-855-821-5900. Lots more information. You can also go to the firm website anytime you like, employmentlawyer.ca. Get the advice you need, ask questions, get the compensation you deserve. That's what it is all about. The firm that has successfully helped, and I mean this, not hyperbole, tens of thousands of Canadians get results but phone calls here and now as i mentioned off the top for our new listeners in calgary and edmonton as well feel free to use that number call in and talk to us we'd love to get you on the air and i think next up is uh maria hi maria thank you for standing by how are you hi uh i'm in a professional uh position in the government and they've changed our duties i don't want to go too much into detail with regards to sure. where i work or what the duties are because i don't want to lose my job but we've <laughs> sure. had a number of people as a result of this specific duty that they now require us to do uh that have taken early retirement because they just couldn't intellectually cope with the different duty they were hired to do a certain job 20 30 years ago and now it's changed slightly um and they're asking them to do something that is you know in my opinion completely different than what they were hired for would this be a uh, constructive dismissal it, it absolutely could be obviously you know for for obvious reasons you don't want to uh, give a lot of detail so i would I would need to understand exactly what has changed and you know what makes it uh, more difficult for the individuals to to do the uh, this extra duty but absolutely if it's if what you're asked to do now is vastly different than what you were doing before what you were hired to do that is exactly what a constructive dismissal is meaning if the employee chooses to leave because of that it's not a resignation it's not a retirement in the eyes of the law that's a termination and that employee is owed severance and if you're, you're talking about some individuals that perhaps are older that have been there for a long time, they could easily be owed two years' pay. So, uh, you know, if you do know individuals that have left, you know, in the last two years because of yeah. this, you want to have them give me a call because the law says, no, no, constructive dismissal, it's not your fault. You didn't just say you don't want to work there. Something happened that made you do that. Because of that, yeah, they're owed severance. Okay. What's your number? 
I'll give it to you right uh, right now, Maria. That number to reach out, one 821 5900 That's for you and anybody else listening. 821-5900. You got it. one 821 5900 would be the way. I'll get, drop an email on you as well. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Couldn't be simpler, right? Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Moving on down the line. Rich, thank you for hanging on. How are you? Hi, Rich. Hello, bro. How are you doing? Good. What's going on? Well, is um, BC Housing, are they under Canadian law or are they exempt? Uh, well, any, me, are we talking me, from an employment just, standpoint? Uh, no. Let me let me help you out here, bro. Uh, under BC Housing, my rent was increased without 90 days notice. And... So, Rich, let, let, let me stop you there. Uh, we're, we're talking know, employment know, law know, there. I know, if, I, know, I know what you're going to say, but you can't find, I cannot find a lawyer to go up against anything that is governmental. Because give, me, give me a call off air. I'll connect you with someone to help you. Absolutely, Rich. No worries. We'll, we'll take care of you. Rich, appreciate it. I'm going to give you that number again. Employment law is uh, our focus, of course, on the show. one 821 5900 And we're going to get down to Jas. Hi, Jas. Hello. How are you? Good, uh, good, thank you. Uh, actually, Great. my question was, I, I'm working with the city. It's a union job. And uh, if they choose to have everyone vaccinated, uh, or you know, my employer wants everyone vaccinated, so how does it differ for the union? So that, that's a great question. And, and the, the way it's different, that the only one that's allowed to stand up for your rights to, to help you in that situation is the union. You can't hire someone like me to do that. You can't deal with it yourself. It has to be the union. Now, if the union supports you, great. They'll file a grievance. They can get you compensation. They can even get you reinstated if you lose your job. But if the union doesn't support you, if the union says, we're not going to do anything, unfortunately, at that point, you don't really have options because the union is the only one that's allowed to do anything for you. Does that make sense? Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Okay. That answers that question. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You are uh, very welcome, sir, and uh, enjoy the rest of your uh, of your day. Going to get to uh, to Kim. Hi, Kim. How are you? Hi. Uh, I think you guys actually just answered it. Uh, there's a group of us listening, and we work in healthcare and are being mandated to get the shot by October 16th. We are unionized, and we're wondering what we can do and what our um, options are. Now, I am aware that we can file the grievance. Is there any other steps? No, so so first of all, it's the union that can file the grievance uh, on your behalf. So you'd have to have the union support you. That there's really nothing else that that you can do. And if you were to say the listen, the union is on board with the employer on this issue, so they're not going to do anything. At that point, the only thing you could do is file a complaint against the union with the labor board. So that's really the only thing that can be done in that situation. In a non-union environment, there's many other options that you can. To take on yourself in a unionized environment, you're tied to the union process, which is the grievance process, and the union is the only one that can do it. Okay. All right. Thank you. 
Thank you, Kim. I appreciate the phone call. And uh, for everybody just joining the show of our affiliates in Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver, welcome to the show, Employment Law Show. Lior Samfiru is our uh, co-founding partner, Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, answering all of your questions. You can reach out toll-free for the remainder of the hour. And that would be one eight seven seven three nine 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 eight nine eight. Emails help at employmentlawyer.ca. You know, we got we got so much to talk about, Lior. We got we got a list of topics to talk about, but but a term you've mentioned about four or five times since we started, and I think we're going to have a lot of new listeners to the show that aren't familiar with the terminology. Some are um, constructive dismissal. Some are going to say that sounds really like a lot of legalese. Break that <laughs> down while we uh, while we line up some more calls. What do you mean by that? So here's the thing. Uh, we all have terms of employment. So the terms that we were hired to do are hours, our uh, compensation, our responsibilities. Now, you can't walk into your boss's office and say, boss, I've decided to more. You're paying me 20% more. Goodbye. Right? That's not going to, that's not possible. <laughs> well, by the same token, your employer can't say to you, I've decided tomorrow you're taking a pay cut of 20%. It's not possible. Well, what that means is if that does happen, you can say my employment has been terminated. By breaking the terms of employment, by changing the terms of employment, it's as if you've terminated me. Because you've terminated me, you have to pay me my severance. So that's what a constructive dismissal is. It's a situation where your employer does something that makes it uncomfortable or impossible or un- undesirable to continue working. In that situation, the law looks at it and says that's a termination and severance has to be paid, again, up to 24 months pay. If you feel you are in a constructive dismissal situation, before you do anything, before you leave and walk out or yell at your employer or anything like that, I want you to call me because we have to talk, we have to strategize, we have to make sure we, we know your rights. So that's what you do in a constructive dismissal situation. Again, you and I know that. You and I have been working together for almost 10 years. I knew the answer to that, but I just thought I'd take a shot at the net. And that's for anybody who, who doesn't understand some of the terminology we, we use on the show and will going forward. Don't hesitate to call in and ask because you've got to know this stuff. You know, it's where you spend eight hours a day, you know, five days a week at least. So you've got to know the, the common law for sure. Uh, Brian, thanks for hanging on. Welcome to the show. Hi there. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you for taking the time. What's on your mind? Uh, so I worked at a company up until March of 2020. Um, and then, so in December of 2019, uh, my old boss passed away, new owners came in and they came in kind of like a bull in a China shop and changed a whole bunch of stuff. So I ended up leaving in March. Um, and I was just wondering if I qualify for anything or if because I quit, I don't. So give me a sense, Brian, what, what was changed? What made you uh, want to quit? Uh, lots of things, but I mean, they, I mean, they, I was the general manager, and then when they came in, they took a lot of that responsibility away, took away all my signing authority, basically wow. turned me into just an estimator. So, listen, this is exactly what I was talking about uh, before we took your call, which is you, you quit not because you decided, hey, I want to spend more time on the golf course. You quit because mm-hmm. something happened that made it difficult to continue working. That is exactly what a constructive dismissal is. So even mm-hmm. though you're the one that said, I'm leaving, your employer didn't walk you out, you walked out on your own, the right. law may consider that to be a termination of your employment. And because it's a termination of your employment, you, you're owed severance. Now, how long did you work there for? Uh, 18 years. 
Well, you mm-hmm. could easily be owed, you know, 16 to 20 months pay, maybe even slightly more than that. And because mm-hmm. this happened in March 2020, you still have time to do it. There's a two-year limitation period. So, Brian, what right. I want you to do is I want you to connect with me off air and as soon as possible, let's talk. Right. Let's find out exactly what happened. I want to get a lot more information from you. And then, yeah, let's, let's get you the severance that you're owed. Okay, fantastic. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate that. That is probably the best 30 seconds of radio he's ever spent, which is why we are doing this show. we got to take a break, but we got a bit of leeway here. I want to get Carol in before we do that. Carol, thanks for standing by. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Hi. Sure. Great. Good to have you on the show. Go ahead. Uh, I work in the dental industry, and unfortunately, one of our associate dentists refuses to wear uh, PPE. As of July 1st, it was uh, no longer mandated. It is now only recommended. However, I do not feel safe in my place of employment with him refusing to wear the required PPE. All other staff, doctors, employees all wear it, but he refuses to. So because it's not required, as you tell me, it's not no longer required to do that. It's not something that you can necessarily prevent unless, here's the only possibility, is if you maybe have a a medical condition or maybe an immune condition, something that puts you at at greater danger. If you have a doctor's note that says, uh, I I want Carol to only work in an environment where there's PPE used because of her medical condition, at that point, your employer has to find a way to make it happen, to accommodate that. If you, if you can do that, if you can talk to your doctor and get on the same page on, on that front, yes, you can do that. And if your employer doesn't uh, do what it's supposed to, that's illegal. Short of that, because it's no longer required where you are, there's not going to be much that you can do. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. And welcome back. Employment Law Show, John Scholes, your host. And, of course, uh, the lawyer on the side answering all of your questions, co-founding partner of Sam Firu to Mark and LLP. Lior Samfiru calling in toll free for the remainder of the show had a lot of calls love talking to you you have questions get answers 1-877-399-9898 just that simple Darcy you are up next how are you good how are you doing good Darcy what's uh what's on your mind my friend I have heard that uh healthcare workers uh they can't say no to vaccination that mandatory vaccinations they're exempt from it there's something in the charter that uh exempts them and some other professional uh, industries. They, they don't have the uh, same right to say no. I was wondering if your uh, guest has some insight into that. So, uh, Darcy, where are you calling from? Albert. Okay. So, uh, so no, first of all, let's be very clear. The charter only applies to government actions. It doesn't apply to what uh, private organizations or hospitals, et cetera, would do. So, so, so that, you know, one, one has nothing to do with the other. In Alberta, we don't have any mandates right now uh, with respect to vaccines. So, so because of that, people, those in healthcare, have the same rights with respect to vaccination or, or non-vaccination as anyone else. So, uh, because of that, no, you don't you don't have to be concerned that someone you know or yourself would have less rights. You do have the same rights, uh, and if you do lose your job because you didn't get vaccinated, the law does say you are going to be owed compensation. I heard that professionals, because they they have uh, you know different obligations than regular people, that uh, there was this uh, this sort of exemption. Maybe it's not the charter. I'm not sure what it is, but there was some sort of no. thing that affected professionals. 
No? There, there, there is not. No. So, so professionals, doctors, other professionals, lawyers, uh, engineers, what have you, ultimately have the same rights and that there's no other obligation. If you are able to comply with what the government says you have to comply with, which, you know, masking, social distancing, whatever applies in your area, that is your obligation. And anything less than that is not acceptable, but anything more than that, it's not something you're required to do. And because of that, if you lose your job, you're going to be owed compensation. Appreciate the call, Darcy. Enjoy the rest uh, rest of your day. Toll free, the number, just like Darcy called and so many before him. I uh, would love to talk to you, one 9898 as we get into a couple more calls here, Lior. We were going to spend a lot of this show with uh, a common employment law miss, basically setting the, uh, the you know, the... the Employment Law 101 groundwork for all of our good listenership in both, uh, you know, Calgary and Edmonton and, of course, Vancouver as well. Some people haven't heard this show before. They don't know what the rights are. And some of the things that you and I would find so basic at this point after a decade, people are opening their eyes to it. So I want to get to one of the main ones, and this is part of the reason, the genesis why you started this show almost 10 years ago. And that is the myth that, hey, severance is, nah, I get one or maybe two weeks of, uh, of uh, severance per year of service. Everybody thinks that. Everybody thinks that that is the big one, and that's the one that's the most wrong and the most false. Let's be very, very clear, and I can't uh, overemphasize this. If you lose your job, the severance that you're owed is a lot more than a week's pay per year or two weeks' pay per year of service. In fact, i give you an example. You could be owed several months of severance if you've only worked for the company for several months. You could have worked for six months and be owed six months. That's how the law works. Severance could be as much as 24 months pay. And 90% of the time, when you're let go and you're staring at that severance letter from your employer, whatever that employer has offered you is a lot less than what you're owed. 90% of the time. Maybe you're offered three months and it should have been 10. Or you've been offered 10 months and it should have been 20. So if you lost your job, no exception, always and forever, call, get legal advice. If not, you are leaving your rights on the table. As mentioned, calls are always top priority on this show. Chuck, you uh, you broken through. How are you? I'm just fine, thanks. Great. What's on your mind? Well, um, I was wondering if, uh, like, I was a subcontractor, and uh, the company I worked for for like twenty uh, some years, they shut their doors just before COVID. <clears throat> So I was wondering if if uh, I was owed anything, you know. Now, Chuck, is is the company still around? So, if I were to tell you right now you were owed compensation, is there anyone there to pay it? <laughs> uh, well, the company as so as, as such is probably you know they shut their doors, so you know. Well, you know, it's worth looking into because I, I can tell you, you know, kind of going back to, to your original question is that, yeah, absolutely, after all this time, you would have been owed compensation. Even if you were a contractor, you're probably a dependent contractor or the law may even consider you to be an employee even though you, were, you, you believed you were a, a self-employed. So you could be owed as much as two years' pay. Now, I would still want to look into this because the company may not operate. But they may have certain assets, uh, equipment or property, etc. And because of that, we can potentially still get you that compensation. But time is not on your side, my friend. So I want you to call yeah. me as soon as possible, okay? All right. 
Thanks, Chuck. Appreciate that. Here is that number two call, and uh, keep it with you. It is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Just that simple. After the show, you can uh, you can use that. Hi, Laura. Thank you for standing by. Yeah, no problem. Sure. What's uh, what's on your mind? Yeah. So I work for a, a wealth management company. They wanted everyone to be vaccinated by September seventh and show proof of that. I was one of the few that wasn't vaccinated and got sent home to work. Um, so now I'm just wondering what steps I should take if I should wait it out um, until they decide what you know what move they're going to make as a company. Um, but I'm kind of just I feel like I'm in limbo, just working from home um, when I feel like I should be in the office. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, certainly, I agree with you because the law says that you can't be penalized ultimately. If you choose not to get vaccinated, you know, we can debate right. vaccines, good or bad. That's not the point. The point is legally you shouldn't be penalized. So at yeah. this point, I would still wait to see what the company does. They may say come back to work or they may choose to part ways with you, in which case you definitely are owed compensation. I would continue okay. working at this point. I would wait another couple of weeks. If in a couple of weeks you're still in a situation where you're not comfortable, they're not calling you back, you're, you're kind of ostracized, we can talk at that point about constructive dismissal. But I have a okay. feeling within a couple of weeks you, you will know what where the company uh, what the company is going to do about it. Okay, and in those couple of weeks, if they decide okay, we're, they're parting ways with people that decide not to be vaccinated at that time, um, how do I go about you know communicating that with them? Uh, if they part ways, you don't communicate with them. Yeah. You communicate with me. You call my office okay. as soon as possible, and, and, and I'll, I'll I'll get all the information. I'll deal with it. I'll make sure you get everything that you wrote. If that happens. Uh, you, you got to call me right away. Laura, I appreciate the call, and that'll pretty much do it. We are almost out of time again. If you're brand new to the show, we are going to discuss a lot of things that have to do with your well-being and your work in the next few weeks, months, years to come on this show. But to reach out now that we're done for today, here's how you get a hold of Lior and his crew. Do not hesitate. It's 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca, or simply employmentlawyer.ca to get to the uh, the firm website. And I'll give you another resource in the meantime, which is going to be oh so useful to you, not having Lior with you all times. It'll be like it, though, on your phone or your tablet, your desktop, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your calls. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show.